Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. You might know me from current or past exploits such as Dirt Tracker and Dirt Tracker Daily, the Open Red Podcast, being a NASCAR tire changer, or maybe you don't know me at all. Either way, welcome to a new podcast. Besides Dirt Tracker Daily, which is a short show, usually around 10 minutes long, I do Monday through Friday to keep folks updated on all things dirt racing. This show will be all dirt racing conversations. I'm not sure yet on a cadence, maybe once a week, maybe a few times a month, we'll figure it out as we go. But after doing Open Red for over three years, I got to really enjoy the format of talking to the people in and around sprint car racing, and now I want to expand even further. Each episode will bring a longer form conversation with someone connected to dirt racing, including driving Drivers, crew members, promoters, officials, media folks, and more will include people from all different car types, series, and levels. You'll be able to find this show in the Dirt Tracker podcast feed where you already find Dirt Tracker daily, and I'll include it on the Dirt Tracker YouTube channel as well. If you have suggestions for guests or comments on the show, you can find Dirt Tracker on Twitter at Dirt Tracker, or you can email the show at info at dirttracker.com. For this first episode, I wanted to t- uh, chat with someone maybe you haven't heard from before, and I found that person in sprint car newcomer Ayrton Jenton. Ayrton is a graduate of the Microsprint ranks and has ventured into sprint car racing in recent years, dabbling first in 360 competition before trying his hand at the 410 level in 2019. So far this season, besides running regionally with ASCS and other races, he's made eight World of Outlaws starts with a best finish of 13th at Lake Ozark Speedway in his home state of Missouri. He turned heads back with the Outlaws at Terre Haute, where he ran up front before an incident with Kerry Madsen ended his night. He's shown plenty of speed and will be one to watch in the future. Here's my conversation with Ayrton Jeniton. Ayrton Jeniton, is that how we say it? I, I, I don't want to screw it up for you. No, you're uh, good. Um, joining uh, me on the show today. So uh, first of all, Ayrton, where do you live? Um, I actually live in a town called Lori, Missouri, uh, just on the west side of Lake of the Ozarks. So, and if people don't know who you are, you are a sprint car driver. Uh, are, are there things you race besides sprint cars at this point, or are you kind of just focusing on the sprint car? Um, you know, I did a lot of micro stuff, um, you know, before I got into the sprint car, and I've had some micro opportunities to do this season, but I've just kind of decided that I need to stick with the sprint car stuff, so uh, just doing the family sprint car thing. So you've had success actually in the past in, in a micro. You've actually got a golden driller from Tulsa. So kind of give me an idea of, of, you know, kind of your rise up to this point and, and kind of what you've done to get to the point where you are now in, in your family sprint car. Yeah, you know, obviously just like everyone else, uh, you know, we start off in go-karts and we moved out of flat carts into the micro stuff. And uh, through the micros, we like we won a championship in Nodwing at Sweet Springs. And then we moved into the Outlaw deal. We ran the Power Eye Micro Series and we got a the third place in points there in 2015. Then in 2016, we uh, started to kind of put a sprint car together, but we didn't get it out till maybe the end of the season had one or two races in it. But, uh, you know, it just kind of slow, you know, inclined from the restricted class, to the A class and non-wing when we moved into the outlaw deal. And, you know, we had good runs down in Tulsa. We, you know, we won a golden driller in the A class. We ran second in outlaw non-wing and we ran third in non-wing stock in the winged outlaw also. So we've had some pretty good success down there. What, uh, you know, what brought you into racing? Is this something your family's done or, you know, are you the first person in your family to start racing? Um, my grandfather, Gene, was the first one to ever race in our family. And he actually, uh, on his wedding day, he took my grandma's car, to the demolition derby, and it paid, I think, 2000 to win or something like that. It was like a $200 car. And so we're going to win this, get another car, and we'll get some house payments done. And 
he went there and won the demolition derby and then he uh started working for weld wheels uh when weld first started with kenny weld and them and greg weld and uh that they kind of got him into the sprint car stuff and they called it super modifieds back then which i'm pretty sure was just a midget and he raced around in olympic and riverside and lakeside and kansas city and then he's actually inducted into the belleville hall of fame uh the carb hall of fame and a few others and then you know my dad raced sprint cars and midgets you know when he grew up and so i think i think both of them have a usac win so that's kind of cool so now that you're kind of into sprint cars, give me give me an idea of your kind of rise with the sprint car. You know, did you start in you know a, you know a 305 or a 360? And uh, you know, it, it seems like you know we've seen guys lately here where like the first thing they do is jump into a 410. Was that the case for you, or did you jump into something else first? Um, my dad's a big uh, person who makes you earn it, so <laughs> he didn't throw me into the best equipment with the best stuff right away. You know, he gave we bought a used 360 out of North Carolina from uh, Chase Cabray's family. And, uh, you know, they obviously, you know, this, their stuff wasn't bad, but it wasn't what most people, you know, would expect me to start in, you know, because I always had good micros and stuff. But um, so we, we kind of like worked on, you know, my dad basically, I don't know if he wanted to give me a test run to see if I was going to be good or not first. But uh, the first year we, we had actually, a, we actually only got a run like 20 races. We ended up blowing a motor. Um, a few races in so we started off in the 360 deal we got two wins my first year and then the next year we ended up getting one win and I got in a wreck um, at the start of my second year and I kind of bent the frame a little bit and we fixed it ourselves and then in 2019 well, we uh, had that same car we wrecked and I think it was a little bit off so my 2019 year kind of was a little slower than I would have wanted especially for my third year in sprint car you know I kind of wanted to get a little more wins and stuff but um you know, then we actually bought a car from Jason Johnson and Jason Johnson Racing. And uh, it was before Jason passed away. And he, um, you know, we bought his car used with a, you know, pretty decently used 360 motor. And we started running that at the end of last year. And that's when we uh, started getting really fast. We, I think I got my first ASCS National Top 10. We ran sixth at Lake Ozark. And then we went down to Wheatland and we locked in to the, pocket um out of our qualifying nights too so that was our first time in that car and then we kind of just this year we put two new cars together just like that and those cars have been super fast and we've just been super consistent so when you first start out with that 360 uh, you know are you just racing tracks around you like where, you know where are you going to kind of get started um when we first got into 360 deal we raced at lake ozark speedway and double x speedway and then we tried to travel to do some sprint vader stuff so we basically really raced three or four tracks my first year and it was just trying to get laps, just get me comfortable with the car and, you know, get used to the power difference. And then, uh, you know, we didn't travel much in 2018 either. We really kind of did the same thing. And then last year we traveled to Knoxville, did some more Sprint Invader stuff. And then, uh, you know, we just really, really, we haven't done too much traveling until this season. How is that leap kind of going from the micros, you know, into a sprint car? I mean, are, are there things you can bring along with you, you know, or is it a completely different driving experience? Um, you know, they're, they're really not too far off, you know, everything, everything you drive, especially on the open wheel side, is pretty much similar, uh, especially with the micro having the motor on the left side, it gets you kind of used to having a wing sprint car where the left side is always pinned to the ground. So, it, you know, it's a big help there, but you know, um, obviously I never did any non-wing sprint car stuff yet. I may do some here and there just kind of depends, but, uh, I think the micro stuff carried over pretty well and helped out a lot. 
What what other experience do you have? Have you run a midget before or anything else? Uh, I've just ran an outlaw card other than a micro. Is that something you want to do? Do you want to try, you know, non-wing stuff? Do you want to try a midget at some point? Um, you know, obviously I'd love to, especially considering my grandpa was so good at midget, I think it kind of had a little more meaning to run a midget for me. But, you know, like the midget deal, if you're really not in one of those elite teams, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get it going. So I just kind of, you know, it's a lot easier to go outrun a Donnie Schatz or Brad Sweet than it is to race against, uh, you know, seven Keith Coons cars every night. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's the way my dad always puts it. So I, I obviously I didn't really know about you until, you know, kind of this season's, you know, kind of seeing you jump up and, and run, you know, especially with the Outlaws and, and you know, kind of looking at your stats here. Um, you know, the first Outlaw start I have you as, you know, Jacksonville last year. Um, what made you want to jump into race with the Outlaws? And, and did you think you were ready at that point? Um, at that point there, that was only my second ever 410 start. And uh, we actually raced there earlier in the season with Moa, probably two or three weeks before that. We actually won the heat race there. We ended up running fourth in the A-Main. So, you know, I think Jacksonville was probably a good place to start. But the way our night went, it was just awful. We ended up bending a butterfly, an engine heat, and, uh, you know, just a lot of inexperienced stuff with the 410 that kind of bit me there. You know, I've never, I never qualified before, so I didn't know what to do there. I late to staging, barely even got out to make my two laps. So it was kind of a rough, very rough first night for us there. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't ready. I think we weren't as prepared as we needed to be there. But, uh, you know, I think this year, you know, as we raced there in Lake Ozark last year, and I don't think either of those two races, we were really, we didn't have the motor either. So that kind of hurt us there. So I think we, could, we should have waited a little bit, but, you know, it's good to get my feet wet, get that experience out of the way. What's that feeling like going from that 360 motor to that 410? You know, is and to, you know to have all of that extra power is it really a huge difference to you? Um, you know, I've had a lot of people like the 360 guys. I'm like, oh man, that 410's got so much power. You know, they always talk about how much power the 410's got, but like, really, it's crazy because you know I've only ran I think 15 or 16 410 shows, and I feel more comfortable in the 410 than I do the 360. So I, I like the power a lot more. It kind of um, saves you from getting into trouble sometimes, but it also makes you have to be able to use a lot more throttle control in the slick. And kind of looking at your results here, so you did Jacksonville Lake Ozark last year, and then your first two Outlaw shows this year were at Peavley. Had you raced at Peavley before? Uh, I've never, I never been to Peavley until that weekend, and we actually had our smaller engine in there, so like it wasn't a great weekend. Plus, the first time we had that disqualification with the radio deal and. You know, that was kind of a big bummer because, you know, we worked really hard all off season and then something like that to like not even let not really that you got disqualified or that looks bad. It was just kind of a bummer because, you know, you wanted to race, you wanted to get those laps and you didn't get them. But, um, you know, it happens and you just got to keep your head up in a situation like that. But, you know, Peebly was fun. Um, we're actually going to maybe go back there for the Ironman. Uh, right now we're registered for the 360 Nationals. Our qualifying night's Thursday. So if everything goes good Thursday night, we're in a very good point situation. Uh, we won't go to the Ironman, but if we don't do good in our qualifying night, we're going to head over to Peebley and give it a shot there with the Outlaws. For those that don't know, know what happened there at Peebley, you know, kind of with the radio and, and, and that kind of thing, give us an idea of, of what kind of went down and, and, you know, why things happened the way they did. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously that being my third ever Outlaw race, I didn't really know the Outlaw rules too well. But I had my receiver in, I had earphones in, but what it was, was people, you know, I had a lot of help, like input from other drivers telling me what may have happened. You know, I could have had a battery that 
sat around in too long in the case or, you know, sat around too long that, you know, they drain so quickly in those things. So if you don't have a fresh battery in all the time, it kind of hurts you there too. And then maybe my headphones were too old, you know, just situations like that. Every time you tighten your head, your uh, strap for your helmet, your headphones get wore out, wore out, wore out. And they just get too wore out sometimes and you won't be able to hear from them. But I could hear them just fine when we were stopped before we got pushed off. But, uh, you know, I've had people tell me that my brace receiver could have been too close to the mag and the mag could have uh, affected it there. But they said if I would have stopped in turn four instead of the back straightaway, they would have gave me like, you know, 30 seconds or something to kind of help give me the time I needed to get that change. But I didn't know that rule either. So, you know, it just kind of sucked. But, uh, you know, you live and learn. And the only way you can look at it is I learned something new that night. I was going to say, I bet you won't do it again, will you? Yeah, I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you race those two nights at Peebley and, you know, you, you're you know, kind of in the B mains, things like that. But then you come back and race at Lake Ozark and boom, you're in the feature. What's it like kind of making that jump then in, into being a World of Outlaws feature? Yeah, you know, Lake Ozark, I knew it was going to be our best bet to run good this season and start up front or, you know, make the shows really um, you know, when I went to that weekend, I was honestly just hoping to make one A main and I'd call it good. The first night I was like, you know, let's just see how it goes. And then, you know, the first night I wouldn't even say it started off good because I hit the wall in qualifying and didn't even get a whole lap, you know, but the track fell off enough that we were able to stay within striking distance of the top five. And, you know, we, I think we ended up running fourth in our heat race both nights. So, you know, that was pretty cool to make the shows. But, uh, you know, once I made my first show, I was instantly like, all right, well, now we're here to win. We can make the shows. Now let's go get a win. So, uh, you know, it quickly changed from uh, let's just get in the shows here to start trying to contend for top tens, top fives, and trying to win these races. Yeah, I mean, like looking at your results, I mean, the six starts, you know, two at Lake Ozark, two at Tri-State, 34 at Terre Haute. I mean, you've been in every single feature, uh, you know, 15th, 13th, 19th. Four, I mean, like, you know, these are really, really respectable finishes against really strong fields of drivers. You know, did anybody come up to you? I mean, were people saying like, you know, I didn't know who you were and now you're in an outlaw feature? Like, you know, what was the reaction to kind of, you know, getting in those in those features? Yeah, it was really cool. Like, uh you know, the one thing was, I, man, I can't even tell you. Like, I had a lot of people, like a lot of fans who didn't really know me, who kind of, like, spoke up on Twitter, like, oh, wow, look at this kid. You know, like, who's this guy? You know, so that was kind of cool. And then, you know, I had, you know, like, a few drivers, uh, you know, that came up to me and congratulated me. You know, at Knoxville, Terry McCarl came up to me, like, after the two Lake Ozark deals, him and Austin both, which I'm pretty close to the McCarls. I like them a lot, and we're pretty good friends. So, you know, to have them, you know, especially someone like Terry, who's, you know, obviously – legend you know to come up to you and congratulate you on how you did it's pretty cool so it's uh it's definitely neat you know i got a, a lot of good response out of it uh we we have to definitely talk about Terre Haute because uh you you are up there in the mix uh you know run me through that night let me you know let, you know let people in on on kind of how things went and and you know kind of how you felt you know getting the opportunity to kind of run up front i know it didn't end how you wanted but you were definitely fast yeah you know we went to burlington friday and then we had to go back and run our points race. So we were running for the ASCS Warrior points this year. And uh, so we had to go run that race Saturday night. And uh, I actually got no sleep from really Friday morning till Sunday after Terre Haute on the way home because I uh, was so busy getting the 360 stuff ready and the 410 stuff ready, you know, doing all the different tire stuff. But uh, we showed up late, barely made the driver's meeting. Uh, they actually had to call me and say, hey, are you still coming? You know, so they <laughs> built it all for me. And I went out and qualifying, and I made a mistake and got too low. And, you know, my both my qualifying laps weren't that weren't exactly where I wanted to be. And, um, you know, so it was kind of like, oh, man, you know, I got to get on the heat race. And, you know, we got fourth or 
uh, yeah, fourth in the heat race behind Logan and Carrie and Jacob from six. So that was pretty good. And then in the feature, you know, I kind of started off decent, but then I faded back to like 14th at one point when that red came out. And, uh, you know, my goal that whole night was just, let's get, you know, <clears throat> I knew there wasn't going to be a huge car count. So I was like, you know, let's just try and get a top 10 tonight. You know, let's make it an easy owl show to make. Let's get the top 10, just, you know, call it a good night. And then after that open red, we kind of did some adjustments to the car. And the next thing you know, the thing was just a rock. It was fast. I could put it anywhere I wanted. I was just driving through the middle and wanted to sliding people and, you know, threading the needle on a few cars. And, you know, the car was just so fast. I didn't want to give an inch. And, you know, it's like, you know, when you're racing back in 13th and 14th and 15th, you'll give, you know, obviously you'll, you'll have a little more leeway with giving people space. And uh, not worrying, you know, you don't want to tear your stuff up when you're that far in the back. But, you know, I felt honestly like I had a car to run second. You know, I thought I was just as good as Donnie was that night. And uh, I thought I could have ran second. So, you know, that's what I was going for. I was going for it. And, you know, uh, and me, obviously me and Kerry got together and I think it's just a racing deal. But, uh, you know, he tried to pinch me going to three and, you know, they had a little bit of rain the night before. So it was kind of rough down there. And I just got a little too low and hit the rough stuff and pushed up and, um, you know, I think my right rear was pretty even with his left front. So I couldn't really see him at that point. And I figured I just needed to stay in it. Cause you know, I was, I was planning on going to the front and I, Ride it out. I was, I was ready to go. I was, uh, I was excited for sure. And, you know, that's kind of what I, you know, that's one of the things, you know, I had, I think I still had like 12 or 13 laps left, you know, and it was, there were so many yellows too. So, you know, it was kind of like I had plenty of time, but I was just going for it. And, you know, I probably wouldn't change anything I did that night. Did you get it? Did Carrie say anything to you? Did you guys, did you guys talk after that? Um, Carrie never came up to me because I actually went down to him when he was in the work area. Oh, okay. and I went up to him and I told him, I said, Hey man, I just want to let you know, I don't have any hard feelings. Hope you don't have any hard feelings. I drove it in there deep. You drove it in there deep. We got together. I wasn't trying to wreck you. And I just let him know that I was just there. You know, I was just having, fun. I was just trying to do the best I could. And I told him, I was like, we're all good. We'll shake hands and move on. He shook my hand and, I haven't, you know, we were good, but it was actually kind of funny because me and Ian got into it Friday night <laughs> in Burlington. So Carrie probably thought I was getting back at Ian by taking him out, but no, I didn't mean to get into Carrie. And you know, I I think Carrie could have gave up, could have gave me a little more space, but you know, I could have also let off the gas a little bit. But that's just how it goes. So you know, kind of looking at the rest of your your season so far, you know, you've got up and run in Knoxville, and and you know, you were on the podium at an ASCS race. You know, how have things kind of gone outside of those outlaw starts for you this year? You know, uh, we got two wins with the Sprint Invaders at Randolph County Raceway in Mobley, Missouri. Um, you know, we ran good there. And then, uh, you know, we actually had some, you know, I would say we've had a really, you know, we've had a few good runs this year, but it isn't still what I want. You know, I feel like we should have a few more wins um, with the ASCS Warrior stuff. We've kind of had our first two nights out, we kept having power steering problems, finally got that fixed. And then uh, we just never really ran as strong as I wanted to. But, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of speed. I think it's just about getting the speed every single time with the racetrack. There's been a few times we've kind of struggled. But, uh, you know, our stuff's good, and I think uh, we can probably get a few more wins this season. What's your, uh, what's your schedule look like for the rest of the year? I, I know you're talking about this weekend you're going to go run some with the All-Stars. Uh, but, you know, what are those races you've kind of got circled, and, and, you know, what do you want to do for the rest of the season? Um, obviously, we got to finish off our Warrior Region points that we committed to at the start of the season. I told my dad, if we commit to something, we're going to stick with it. So we're going to stick with that. 
And then uh, they just added two nights at I-70 with the Outlaws, so we'll be at both of those races. Uh, we'll be at the Jesse Hawkins Memorial. We'll be at the Capitani slash the one and only, whatever they're going to call that, fake nationals this year. Uh, we'll be at both nights of Oski. Uh, we're going to, you know, we may go to short track nationals with the 360, but we're also looking at maybe going out on the PA swing with the Outlaws when they go to uh, Williams Grove, Port Royal, and Lernerville. So we may do that too. It's just kind of a, we're kind of open now. We actually just uh, traded trailers and we got a better trailer now. So now we can actually hold two cars, a spare motor, stuff like that. So that kind of makes us want to go, you know, travel more. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can go out to Williams Grove. I'd love to go out to Williams Grove and Port Royal and race out there in Pennsylvania. So uh, I feel like uh, Williams Grove would kind of fit my style a little bit. So I think that'd be exciting to go out there and race with the Outlaws. But uh, we definitely want to do a lot more Outlaw stuff the closing of the season so you know for those of us that don't know you you know what do you do outside of racing i would imagine at this point you're probably not a professional racer so what do you got going on outside of the race car um really i just kind of help work for our business here we own a boat dock company down at the lake of the ozarks so uh, i'll work for them or for our family most of the time and then i just work in the shop and get everything ready and just try and focus on becoming a professional race car driver. there you go uh, you know, what are you kind of looking at for goals going forward? I mean, you know, are, are you trying to get to NASCAR? You know, do you want to be a full-time World of Outlaws guy? Like, you know, what, what's kind of in the future? Uh, my goal is to really just be a full-time outlaw guy and be an outlaw champion more than anything. I'm not really too worried about getting to NASCAR. You know, I, I'm obviously that'd be really cool. I'd like to do it, but you know, I, my goal is to stick with the dirt track stuff and become a World of Outlaw driver. Are there any, you know, drivers or, or any crew guys or, you know, you know, who have you kind of leaned on as you as you've come up? You know, are, are you getting advice? You know, you, you mentioned buying stuff from Jason Johnson. You know, do you have a connection there? You know, are, are there anybody that you can go to and ask for for advice as, as you, you know, kind of make this jump? Yeah, usually when we go to a new place with uh, the outlaws or race with the outlaws at all, I'll always kind of talk to Phil Dietz. Um, you know, obviously through Jason Johnson and Phil, they had a great connection. They were always fast. So. Um, we actually helped Phil put his micro together that he ran a few times back um, a few years ago when he was doing that here and there. So I can kind of lean on Phil a little bit, but also my cousin, Clyde Knipp, uh, he oh, works okay. for JR now. Yep. But, uh, you know, I was actually kind of the one who got Clyde into the racing deal, which is kind of funny. But, uh, you know, so me and Clyde are really good friends, and I talk to Clyde pretty much every day. And, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, I, I lean on him a lot. I lean on Clyde. I lean on Phil mainly when we go to those races and then uh Dallas Hosky too he helps us out here and there kind of gives me some pointers if we need them if I'm talking to him or not but uh you know once you start racing with those guys the whole different atmosphere you know you got to catch them two or three hours before the races if you're gonna get any help so do you um you know I know Lasoski obviously working this year with Mason Daniel you know is that something where you can maybe talk to Mason too and and you know find out stuff from him as well um I've actually never really talked to Mason I've oh, talked okay. to him a little bit here and there but, um, you know, I kind of uh, just kind of – I don't really talk to many drivers at the races. You know, I usually just try and stay on my own pit area and focus on my own stuff. What do you – you know, the, the tracks that you've been to so far, like what's a favorite track? And then, you know, what's somewhere, you know, that you, you haven't been to yet that you really want to get to? Uh, my favorite track would have to be Moberly. Um, obviously – well, so we won both of our races there this year. So that's probably why it's my favorite right now. But uh, it's just a really high banks on the fence – flat out type racetrack. I like tracks like that. So, you know, kind of like Terre Haute was kind of the same. It's kind of a, you know, it's obviously it's flat, but it's a, you know, a really flat out type racetrack. And 
So Mobley is probably my favorite. And then I have a, you know, I like, obviously you can't not say Knoxville because Knoxville is such a, you know, historic place. But uh, one track I definitely want to go to and race would probably be either be Port Royal or, uh, you know, really Port Royal or maybe uh, Kokomo. Kokomo is kind of on our bucket list to maybe try and hit this year too. As you you know, kind of look forward and and you know, uh, you know the you know the opportunity to kind of continue to get to racing, you know, with all of the things that are going on in the world, you know, what are some of those kind of sponsor people or you know who who's around you that's kind of helped you make these jumps and and, and kind of get those opportunities to go racing? Yeah, so you know, obviously it's uh, my mom and my dad, my grandma, my family, you know, us, and then Ozark Barge and Dog Service is obviously you know our company, so they're kind of our, you know, our big company there that helps us go racing. And then, you know, we got our sponsors like, uh, wet steps, Martin metal pro powder coat, uh, Tony Stewart racing, the Stewart house, Bob Blanton, uh, you know, Maxim Westmar. And then, you know, we got our parts guys at Midland and our shock guys with momentum and Cooper. Um, but you know, really just, it's a whole group effort, you know, like this actually, uh, midway through last season, we acquired a crew guy and his name's Steve and really Steve's helped me so much because, you know, week in and week out, I was doing all the tires, cleaning the cars, cleaning the trailer, doing all the torsion bars, the nozzles and stuff like that. So, you know, him coming on and helping me in the shop, you know, take some of that pressure off is huge because I can focus more on just my driving instead of everything in the shop so now i pretty much just do the tires and kind of focus on getting everything cleaned up that was going to be kind of be the other thing i asked you about like when you get to the racetrack you know who you know do you have crew guys do you have a crew chief are you kind of trying to do a lot of that by yourself um really at the racetrack it's just uh me my crew guy steve and my dad my dad pretty much does all the motor like the fueling and the motor and the shock stuff and then uh, Steve does basically all the nut and bolt things and make sure everything's tight and he kind of does all of you know like the he does pretty much a little bit of everything and then I'll, I'll, I make sure all the tires are good. And then I'll like make sure we got stagger and spacing and stuff like that. So it's really a group effort. All three of us kind of bounce ideas off each other when it comes to the setup. We're just trying to all learn it ourselves at the same time. So what, you know, as you've raced with the outlaws this year, a few times, I'm curious, like what surprised you about, about driving with the outlaws? You know, was, was it, you know, the guys around you, was it how fast they are? You know, what, what's that one thing that kind of stands out to you as something, you know, maybe surprised you a little bit. Um, the one thing that surprised me the most is like whenever, you know, whenever you're watching a race on dirt vision and, uh, you know, obviously there's always going to be someone who goes a lap down, you know, sometimes it could be Jason sides. It could just be a weekly guy. You know, you're always like, Oh, you know, I think one of the biggest things is you never realize how fast the entire field is with those guys until you're out there. Cause I, cause I was at like a Lake Ozark, we ran 13th or 15th and 13th and both in the first time we almost got lapped. I was like, man, I drove the hardest I've ever drove and they still caught me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's crazy. And I was like, man, we were racing side by side, super hard. The leaders were still right on us. And it's like, you don't realize how fast the entire field is. You know, anyone, it don't matter who it is. They can win every single night. You know, that's like a lot of people always talk about Jason Sides, but man, dude, Jason Sides, he can get after it. I'll tell you that much right now. That dude's still very impressive. Oh, I mean, like he's got somebody that's got outlaw wins. I mean, you don't win an yeah, outlaw race yeah, unless, very, you're, unless you're he's fast. Very, he's very, uh, you know, he's a good, consistent competitor. And, you know, that's like, I don't know where he was at. I think it was Lernerville. He ran seventh after coming out of the work area, which is crazy. You know, yep. to go to the work area that many laps in and still come back to seventh. 
Uh, give me an idea about what's going on this weekend. You know, where you're going, when you're going to leave. What you know, kind of what does that plan look like for the next couple of days? Um, you know, this weekend we got Burlington with the All Stars on Friday, and then Saturday we're actually going to run the 360 and 410 at Knoxville. So we're going to be pretty busy this weekend. But then the following weekend is when it gets super busy. We got our qualifying night for 360 Nationals Thursday. You know, like I said earlier, if everything goes good, we'll stay there for Saturday. But uh, if not, then, you know, we'll head to Peebley for Friday, Saturday. Then we'll go to Oski on Monday or Oski on Sunday and Monday. And then we're going to run the Lakeside race in Kansas City with ASCS Speed Week on Tuesday. Come back, make sure everything's ready to go Wednesday and then race Thursday, Friday, Saturday again in Knoxville. How was that deal with uh, running the 360 and the 410 at Knoxville? I, I know that I've heard that you kind of have to get approval from Knoxville to run both divisions. Um, and, you know, how's that going to be kind of, have you done that before where you've jumped from one car to the other kind of in the same night like that? Um, I've never done that before. Um, I've always just ran one class and sprint car on the same track. So uh, it'll be pretty interesting. And that's actually a good thing you mentioned that because I didn't know you had to get approval. So I, I, I've just heard that. I don't know if that was true or not. But like, um, okay, I, I better I, ask him still, though. <laughs> I'd, asked, I, I'd asked before about um, because like, you know, asking like, you know, Brian Brown or somebody like that, you know, would go run both divisions. And how come you don't see people running, you know, winning the championship in both divisions and, and was told that you kind of have to get uh, approval to run both. But it, it, it may be different if you're not like a regular guy there. So, yeah, it may be a little different. Yeah. But uh, anyway, well, I, I appreciate the time today. It was uh, certainly fun to kind of get a chance to talk to you and, and see, you know, kind of what you're all about and stuff. And uh, appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, good luck this weekend and, and the rest of the way going forward. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed episode one of Dirt Tracker Conversations and getting to know about Ayrton Jenatin a bit. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok.